Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, I'm Nick DiMatteo, and welcome to video number 82 and audio season 4, episode 20 of Music is Not a Genre. This will be the last episode of the year. We're kind of at the midpoint of this season. It's a good place to stop. Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening and watching. Don't forget you can support this podcast on patreon.com slash musicisnotagenre for as little as $5 a month or on anchor.fm slash musicisnotagenre. Same amount of money or whatever you want. And as always, you can see just about everything I do uh, at the Music Is Not A Genre hub on youtube.com slash nickdimatio. Let's get right to it. Uh, This week's topic is Lou Rawls' Merry Christmas Ho Ho Ho, Why Playlists Matter. So, uh, for the last, you know, I guess this is my third holiday-themed podcast. Uh, I started this uh, video and audio in uh, late 2019, so I did, I believe, uh, Wham! then last Christmas, and then last year, I I honestly don't remember, but uh, I talked about how do you gift music, I think is what I talked about last year. Uh, which is a question I ask every single year. How do you gift so many things, Um, especially when you have kids? And this year, we're going to talk about playlists, but we're also going to talk about this week's uh, featured artist and featured CD. So I, a few years ago, many years ago, actually, when I started uh, on the streaming services, I made a Christmas playlist, and it was fine, you know, but it didn't really move me. So I made another one and I called it My Christmas. And it was an offshoot, more of an offshoot of all of the Christmas CDs that I've collected over the years, which themselves were inspired by the music that my dad would put on the turntable and in the cassette player every single Christmas season, which, which was a very eclectic mix of Christmas music, music of different styles, different languages, different eras. And that absolutely influenced the playlist that I've created, which by the way, there is a link to it. That first link, if you scroll down, is to the Lou Rawls Merry Christmas Ho Ho Ho, some information on that, track listing, all of that. The second link is to the playlist. Uh, Unfortunately, it lives on Spotify, so you have to be a Spotify user, uh, or I think, you can listen to it for free with commercials. But either way, I uh, recommend checking it out, and I'll explain why as we get more into this. Um, that 
playlist that I created was kind of my declaration of independence from the first playlist, which I thought was sort of imposed, even though I created it, it was imposed on me by tradition, you know. And it's not that I don't like tradition. It's not that I don't like traditional Christmas songs. It's that I, I can't think that narrowly. There's a lot more out there than just the standard, you know, wonderful songs of Bing Crosby, Dean Martin, and even, you know, Mariah Carey, if you want to go later on, and Wham, as I mentioned before. Oh, wonderful. But there's more to it than that. There's just like with, you know, most terrestrial radio and frankly, so many other places you hear music, you tend to hear the same songs over and over, whether they're holiday songs or songs throughout the year. Uh, and that was my way, this playlist of kind of doing an end run around that and saying, no, I'm going to actually look for a songs I like and that I think other people would enjoy in some way but B, songs that maybe other people don't know or wouldn't have heard or aren't as popular or they're kind of alternative versions one way or another, whether that means rock or reggae or what have you. Uh, and it has grown and grown and grown every single year. And I am going to make a statement right now, and I challenge anybody to dispute this because it would be fun, I think that my Christmas playlist is the most diverse of any in the world. You heard it here first. So I want you, I want to hear you tell me, no, I've got a better one or I heard a better one. Even if it was you just spent two hours in a store and you could not believe the mix and try to remember what they played and tell me what they are. But until somebody disputes that, I'm going to say that. Click this link, most diverse. And you will find... Uh, classical and folk, you'll find pretty much, you know, not every, but many, many, heavy metal, rock, jazz, instrumental, vocal, all of it, you know, uh, even bluegrass, uh, you know, and, and some of them are originals, some of them are covers of well-known songs, and I have actually several covers of several well-known songs, it just the styles were so different, they all had to be included, that's the way it goes. And every year I add more. I, add, I actually just last week made it a point, put it on my calendar. What am I going to add this year? And there were some that I pulled from a list online. Uh, a lot of them I really wasn't into, but a few I added. And then I was in a coffee shop and heard some amazing kind of funk soul from 2018. I can't remember the artist, unfortunately. It may come to me, but it's, it's near the bottom of my playlist. If you scroll down, and you'll see several tracks from his album. And I added that to it. I always have my, kind of my ear out saying, oh, you know, that's something I've never heard uh, ever. Or, uh, you know, whether that means it's new because it's new, like the 2018 thing or something from this year, or it's new to me, so it's something that could be, you know, 70 years old, but I never heard it, so, you know, new to me, and I like it, I put it on there. Or something that I have known or did know once and totally forgot about. There was a year, it was probably last year, when I had the impulse to look up as many of the songs that I heard as a child around this season as I could. And again, not just the standard stuff, but there was this very obscure children's Christmas album and I found it. It's actually, you know, I don't think, I think actually every try, it was the whole album. 
And, you know, this year I looked up another artist, which I hope to profile, uh, not just his Christmas stuff, but more, uh, a guy named Esquivel, which uh, you might know if you came of age or, you know, or kind of clued in in the 90s, he became kind of retro popular, his stuff. It's like probably the most quirky, orchestral, jazz standard stuff that you will ever hear. And, and, and you, you know, that quirky word is not used lightly for this, but this is all to say that I'm always looking for new music to put on playlist. And what I realized, uh, recently was that I forgot one of the, you know, that last category, something that I always loved and forgot about Lou Rawls. Now I bought this, this, uh, this came out in 1967. I bought this copy in the nineties sometime I can't remember what prompted me to buy it. I may have heard a song in a store or something. This was pre-smartphones, so you could not Soundhound or Shazam it. So I, I don't know, or maybe it was on a show. Who knows? But I remember the minute I got it, I said, oh, this is something that I'm going to listen to every single year because it kind of bridges the, you know, the gap between traditional and irreverent and between kind of cheesiness and soulfulness. And that also, to me, kind of describes Lou Rawls. Um, an amazing singer, just amazing pipes and versatility, and still had some of that cheesy sheen of like the, the you know, he, he started his recording career in the early 60s, but, you know, of the 50s, kind of influenced by that through the 60s and the certainly the, you know, 70s schmaltz. But always brought a level of soul and, and authenticity to it that just was head over heels above so many of the other well-known crooners of the 60s and 70s. And he recorded straight through, I think, until the early O's. He died in 2005 or six, uh, but certainly released albums and singles for more than just those two decades. But those were I think when he was in the kind of popular, like part of the zeitgeist is with Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank Sinatra and Vic Damone and, and uh, Steve Lawrence and Nita Gourmet and, you know, people like that and kind of that crooner set. And again, yet he was a guy who vocally could hang with Otis Redding and, and Marvin Gaye and even Stevie Wonder uh, the way I believe that even Sammy Davis could. Um, but also be able to just lay it out like Tony Bennett, not in the same vocal range, but in, with that kind of like soulful jazz that has a properness to it, but just a, also a grit to it. And so when you take all of that and you take what are largely traditional Christmas songs and holiday songs, seasonal songs, all those, and you know, add, add them together, that's you get this mix. You get you get something dynamic and unexpected. So if you are more into traditional music and you have heard it all and you want something new, I would recommend this. If you are more into non-traditional music, but you want something with a little, you know, kind of classy sheen in that in that sense, I would recommend this. It really does kind of toe that line. And uh, so I added several of the tracks to my playlist. And this gets me to kind of the second part of this 
podcast, which, by the way, may be a shorter one because, you know, last one of the year, there's a lot of energy here, uh, you know, right, right before somebody goes on vacation. That's when they, you know, feel the best about what they're doing. And even though my, my schedule is completely self-imposed, I do it to achieve a consistency so that you have, you know, you have some kind of expectation, which so you know, this will have been released uh, second to last week in December. I won't be releasing another podcast until probably the second week of January. So keep tuned and go listen to some old ones. But back to the story. Uh, this is why, here's why playlists matter. Now, this is a tough one for me. And it's tough for two reasons. Uh, one is, I grew up in the era of the mixtape. And I mean a mixed tape, a tape with a mix on it, a cassette tape that had a mix of songs. That's why it's called a mixed tape. That, you know, term has been used for other purposes, especially in hip hop. And it's cool that it's morphed into something new. But when I hear that, that's what I think of. Eventually that itself morphed into mixed CDs which I did not call mixtapes. And it was the same kind of thing, you know, finding a, a sequence of songs, finding the songs, first of all, and then putting them in a sequence that made sense. And all of that, to me, is kind of a development from the second part of why this is uh, difficult for me, and that is I grew up also in the era of DJ. You know, at a time when... DJs were starting to be everywhere, you know, uh, late 70s, into the 80s, and before DJs became mega superstars. But what, when there, all of that was in development. And as you know, I reviewed the book Last Night of DJ Saved My Life, so I talked a lot about the different kinds of DJing styles, et cetera, et cetera. And I want to go into one in particular here because that's why... Uh, I, you know, have a bit of trouble when I'm talking about playlists and conceding, in a sense, that they matter. And that is the DJ or home, you know, grown person who's making a mix in one way or another, whether that mix is actually cross-faded or it's just song after song after song, fine, you know, different techniques. Um, but let's forget about that part for now. And that is the, those kinds of creators, curators, who put songs together, yes, to evoke a mood or for a certain event or purpose, but don't limit it to just the standard songs. They have some of the standard songs in there, but then they intersperse those with lesser known songs or songs that fit the, the vibe, but might not be in the same style or genre. And yet it, just, it all kind of goes together in a way that keeps the energy and momentum going and, and has a flow to it and, 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 you know, various arcs and things like that. It may even tell a story if, if they go that far with it. And that is an art in and of itself. And that to me is my favorite kind of DJing, whether it is uh, live or recorded mixes or in this case playlists. My favorite is when you can intend to put on things people like 
it, it, for the specific purpose. So if somebody says, I want to mix a jazz tunes or I want to mix a pop or a certain decade or whatever it is, then you do that. And it's stuff people know. And then in among that is, are things that you know they're going to love, even if they've never heard it before. And it, to me, moves the conversation forward and introduces uh, a more eclectic variety of music to people without detracting from the overall purpose of the mix or the DJ set, or in this case, the playlists. And that's why, to me, playlists matter. It's because of the number one reason is because that is the default for almost everybody now. I'll tell you a, a quick story, which is a perfect example. When you are preparing for a wedding, you know, and you make the decision that, you know, you and your partner or whoever else is helping you are going to have these set of tasks to accomplish. You're not going to farm them out to somebody else. Then, you know, it quickly becomes evident that you may not be able to do everything to the hilt. You may not be able to go 100% of everything. So you have to determine, well, what's going to achieve the best result, the time and, and energy and resources I have, and, and still work just super well for the entire event. And in this case, one of my, you know, duties in partnership, but duty, you know, the primary mover was uh, to create playlists based on our favorite songs and things that we wanted to be in there and as well as things we thought that people would love while staying away from songs that everybody has at their wedding, except for, again, the ones that we happen to like and thought that they fit in there as well. And initially, originally, what I wanted to do was to create actual mixes. So I was going to, you know, have this list of, God, I think it was, um, uh, I forget, like 100 songs or something like that, somewhere in that area, 90 to 100 songs over various playlists in between the sets of the band and pre-show and all this stuff, and would create these individual mixes for those, you know, periods of time during the day by downloading all of that music Putting it in Ableton, which is the DAW, the DAW, the digital audio workstation I use, and actually mix them. So if there was a song I wanted, but the intro was like 45 seconds and it was going to be a killer, then I would just mix up into the, you know, the way a DJ would do. Find the spot that you want to crossfade from one song to the next, maybe even have some fun with it, get a little playful. And I was excited about it because I hadn't done something like that in a really long time. That's actually how I used to make not just my cassettes, but I used to make my CDs that way. Uh, every other year for parties and things, I, I would collect the stuff I had discovered in those previous two years. Again, either new stuff or new to me. And I would put them all together, but I'd, I'd mix it. I wouldn't just say, here's a sequence. And I kind of missed doing that. But there was no time. And ultimately, it wouldn't have made a, enough of an impact for the, the, the guests for it to, you know, for me to have devoted, you know, several sleepless nights or whatever it was going to take. So I defaulted, as we all pretty much do now, unless we hire someone to do it for us, to a playlist. 
And I created these playlists, which I then collected into one grand playlist, which I may share with you at some point. Or you can look on my profile on Spotify. You'll see it. It's the wedding playlist. And it worked. And it did what I'm saying uh, my favorite kinds of playlists and DJ sets and mixes do, which is it had a lot of well-known songs, but ones that we prefer, along with lesser-known songs like this uh, big audio dynamite song, Champagne. Who, who, I would, I, I should have taken a poll. Who here at the wedding knows that song? You know, some people might remember Big Audio Dynamite, but that particular song, I don't know. You know, honestly, I don't know that I remembered it until I re-listened to all their stuff, you know. And so that was that was what I achieved. I mixed in all of that stuff together. And far as, you know, that it worked. It, it, it worked and it worked well. And it helped me to kind of rekindle that fire of wanting to create mixes the old fashioned way and yet still being able to appreciate a well curated playlist and a well curated again meaning both the songs that are chosen and how they're sequenced uh, i have another friend who i believe will be an interview subject uh next year who does reviews of music and movies and various things he's a writer but also puts together his own playlists, and he takes a lot of care in choosing the songs and sequencing them. And because, again, that is the overwhelming default for everyone, that means it's going to be the place where people are, uh, are likely to discover music as well. So you're looking up, that's actually happened to us quite a bit, say, oh, put on a certain kind of playlist, you know, to, again, like evoke a certain mood, whether you're cooking or relaxing or whatever it is. And you find one that you kind of dig the vibe. You get into a song or two, and you're like, oh, this is the one, okay. And then maybe some of the songs you're like, they're forgettable to you. And then one will pop up, and I'll be like, I have to add that to my playlist. It does happen other places. It, it's happened for me. Uh, watching TV shows or movies. It's happened for me being in a store or a coffee shop and hearing something on their PA. And with any luck, uh, the, the speaker's loud enough for me to capture it and know what it is. Because nine times out of ten, I don't know what it is, uh, which is one of the great things. Uh, and Or maybe someone else is playing something somewhere that I've heard uh, in at someone's home or or some other place. So there are other places where you can do that. But the easiest, the, 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 the most prevalent are playlists. And we don't all create our own playlists. That's cool. That's why they're out there. That's why I create playlists, not the, just for myself, but every year I put together a set of, you know, uh, I guess sound or mood, let's say mood-specific playlists that include some of my music that uh, hopefully there are people out there who say, oh, I want something that's ambient. I want something that's, uh, you know, more techno or industrial or more, you know, alternative rock or whatever else there is. And they discover that, which is, again, something that's happened for me just hundreds of times at this point. And even though there will be a point at which I will get back to the kind of actual DJ mixes that I used to love to do because... 
I have more time now than I did when, you know, my kids were younger. Uh, I, uh, until then, I'm going to be appreciating a well-done playlist. And hopefully the, you know, playlist that I have linked here for you, this holidays Christmas playlist, is something that you'll feel that that, that was well done. And I will say that, now let's just be, let me be clear because I don't want to, you know, make one claim and then not be honest. This is not a playlist that has any sequence whatsoever. This is one where you would put it on for, to evoke a holiday mood or for a party and you would put it on shuffle, absolutely put it on shuffle. Uh, it's a collection. This is more of a collection of diverse Again, like I said, the most diverse ever in history, in the world, currently, today, uh, Christmas, holiday music, seasonal music, all of that together. I want to know if you think that. I really, I really do, actually, because there are often songs that it, even I'm surprised by. Well, a friend might tell me or I'll hear something or I'll read about it, and it immediately goes on to that playlist. And there are others that I that I like but I think maybe just wouldn't fit for one reason or another whether again because they're overplayed or because they just go a little too as the skew of the you know the kind of fun that you want to have or the or the kind of contemplative you know it's snowing outside kind of thing it kind of goes everywhere which is the purpose of this particular playlist and this kind of playlist. So I, I hope you kind of get an idea uh, of why it is that they're so important. You can discover new music in the context of more familiar music in a way that helps you understand that new music better because of the light that's shed on the music that you already know or that feels or sounds more familiar to you. And it's the, my favorite, one of my favorite phrases. It moves the conversation forward, which is going to happen whether we do it or not. So why not be a part of it? You know, uh, even in among all the comfort food, you know, that we listen to and, and, and take in, why not also at some point be a part of moving the conversation forward? And now I'm going to move it backward and talk about, well, I haven't done this in a long time. I used to do this for every single not just podcasts, but for the blog, uh, you know, long before the podcast even started. And that is, what are my favorite tracks from this album? They, they are tracks 2, 5, 7, and 10. Number 2, Good Time Christmas. I don't think I've heard it anywhere but on this album. If I'm incorrect, tell me. It has just an amazing feel to it. And I love horns and horn sections. Amazing horn section. Uh, his version, Lou Rawls' version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is, is great. Uh, then number seven is Merry Christmas Baby. And I, I think his version may be, if not my favorite, then the top three for sure. Uh, I like Charles Brown's version. I'm not a huge fan of Otis Redding's version. Not because he doesn't sing it well. I just don't like the arrangement that much. I think it pulls a little a little some of the energy out of the song. 
and uh, honestly love it so much that after this podcast wraps, uh, long after you you get to see this, um, we're doing a show, and that song's part of the show. It's Merry Christmas, Baby. If you don't know the song, listen to this one first, just for fun. If you do know it, let me know if you think you like this for how it compares to the versions that you've heard and liked. And then number 10, what are you doing New Year's Eve, which is actually also a part of the set tonight's show. Uh, his version is, look, there are so many versions of this song that I like because I just like the song. I like Ella Fitzgerald's version. I like uh, Harry Connick's version, both of which are very different from each other. And this one is also different. They all have that melancholy to them, but in different ways. And those last two, number seven and ten, are two of my favorite all-time Christmas songs. So to have somebody do and th- these are two of my favorite versions of those songs. So maybe I'd recommend maybe starting with those. Or just, you know, find this entire album online or however you consume music and listen to it yourself. Uh, I'm not going to pretend there's any, you know, direct intense influence that Lou Rawls has had on any of my music, but I think the connection here is that that combination of tradition and irreverence, uh, humor uh, with a holiday theme, uh, maybe, you know, a little bit left field is something that I, you know, enjoyed doing and minus the holiday theme and much of my music, but in particular, there's a song from uh, my band Rex album, uh, which, wow, the Sunshine Seminar called Xmas, which is kind of a playful take on how to use the idea of Christmas in a song, let's say. And that is influenced by, you know, people who can respect tradition but still poke fun of it at the same time or still kind of pull it apart a little bit at the same time and in this case the song which again i will tack on to the end of this as always and you can find it also in the playlist that i put the link to there and there will be a link to the directly to the song on my Bandcamp page the it talks about how um someone the protagonist uh is not really happy was not really happy in a relationship and when that person left it was like being given a gift which in this case it means it was just like christmas day and that was that's kind of the whole that's kind of the vibe of the whole thing uh so do you know lou rawls do you remember him um do you know this album have you do you have certain types of Christmas music that you think are not quite as mainstream or that only you, you know, uh, heard and, you know, no one else in your circle knows that you wish more people would know about. Uh, do you take, do you make your own playlist? Do you take as much care as I do in creating the playlists or in mixes or, or anything related to that? Uh, have you discovered new songs from other people's playlists? If so, what were they? Or what one do you remember that you are so happy that that was snuck into that playlist and now it's one of your favorites or it ended up on a playlist of yours? I want to know the answers to all these and how much you just absolutely agree with everything I say or disagree and how you just cannot dispute that this is the absolute best 
Christmas mix in history uh, because my objectives here, as always, are music, conversation, and connection. Thank you for spending this time with me. Thank you for an incredible year. And I will talk to you in 2022 in just a few weeks.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.